All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the pollo ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weavey. Huh, Spiced pretty, it up there, Brian. It's pretty good. Brian Chesco. <laughs> he went with uh, tempo instead of emphasis. Yeah. Guys, matches continue to come. We are sitting here just following the conclusion of game week 33 plus, plus. And we are less than, what, 16 hours from game week 34 plus? Plus. Yes. Yeah, so when you By hear this. By the time you hear this. We'll be well into, if not completed, with 34 plus. And so we're going to focus tonight, instead of on the matches of game week 33 plus, we're going to talk about form. And, this, or, and or we might talk a little bit about 35. I mean, oh, well, I'm just saying anything we say is going to be applicable towards 35 at this point. Sure. Sure. Right. Because 34 is gone. I mean, there's no way I'm not, we're recording tonight. I'm not going to be able to get it out by tomorrow. Understood. So the game week, the match week will have started. Uh, I will have hoped that you won't have wasted a transfer by not using it. Right. No, I'm serious. There could be people out there. (laughs) If it happens once, don't let it happen again. Understand that there's less than 24 hours between, for the most part, well, that's not true, about 24 hours. Well, there's in, matches almost every day right now. Yeah. match weeks. Yep. So well, you were actually attention. just saying, Dave, right before we started recording, that you've got two free transfers as you sit here tonight. I know. Well, I'm hoping... you got to use them tonight. hoping I'll learn something, and, and that maybe by the end of the, the pod here, um, you know, there'll be multiple times you guys will address me, and I'll, I will have faded you out and not know where we are in the pod, and... <laughs> I'll probably be trying to do some some uh, transfers. Pod recording time, it's really just Dave's lineup shuffling time. That's <laughs> more all or less. More or less. I get it. Uh, I actually already know what I'm going to do with my free transfer. I'll save it for later and make okay. people listen. Great. We do have plenty of the segments that uh, we typically will have, including a How to Save with Brian J. that includes a player that I know he has to love. Mm-hmm. We'll see if he loves saying his name all the same. Yeah, man. Uh, and so, like I said already, too, we're going to focus on form. In fact, we're going to we're going to look at form in two different ways on this show. Okay. And we will get right into that here in just a moment. I'm not going to intro this anymore. Let's just get right on with it. Let's get on with what we have. First things first. The Bundesliga season is officially long over. It is gone. It is done. Bayern Munich won the championship in Germany. Didn't they do that like eight games? It was, eight games left no, or something? No, it was like three games, two games left. But really? the season now is officially over. Okay. Yeah, well, it felt like they clinched after they beat Dortmund. Okay. But it took them a couple more matches to actually Congratulations, Bayern. Yes. Also, while we were still in the Bundesliga portion of our COVID-19 break, uh, we were corrected on a couple of things 
that we were not able to set straight officially oh. on the record. So we're gonna we're gonna come clean mm-hmm. as we normally do. Now we talk every week about different areas where you can find us in social media. We also have a website, fantasysoccerfc.com. But in addition to that, we have a Patreon site where you can contribute to our podcast as a monthly supporter. One of the tiers that you can join is uh, gives you the ability to be built into a segment of our show. Mm, and we're going well, to officially pay up on that now because we were corrected off the record, technically on the record if you are part of our Slack workspace, which is another tier on Patreon, by the that's way. That's right. Uh, we were corrected there, but we need to set the record straight here with microphones on. Okay. In a segment that I am calling How to Say with Diane LeMay. Yeah, Diane. She allowed us to uh, be able to do that, but there were two things that she corrected for us. Yeah. About how we were pronouncing Bundesliga things. Right, sure. Okay. And, uh, you know, by the way, for the record, we were probably wrong on a lot more than two. Yeah. But we were at least called out on these two. Lovingly, absolute correctly, but, but definitely called out. The first was I don't know if you remember, but there was a particular hazard who scored a really nice goal one week, which we talked about. When I see his name, I would think Thorgan. Correct, Thorgan. That's what we said, actually. All three of us, I think, to have said Thorgan has But it's probably like Thorgan. That's what we were told. Exactly right, Dave. Yeah, exactly. So we got to get that one right. There's also a club. I think you said you were going to root for them at the bottom of the table. They didn't didn't do so well. Oh, okay. It was Werder Bremen. (laughs) Well, we said Bremen. Just about every time. Right. But we got called out on that one, That's too. incorrect. I believe we were told it's Bremen. Bremen. Werder Bremen. Bremen. I like that better. Sounds better. Yeah, it sounds more German. Bremen. Less American. Sure. I like it. So that was our How to Say with Diane LeMay. Diane, thank you very much for everything you do, including on our Slack workspace. Heavy contributor. I love Absolutely. it. She has jumped in. First thing she did was tell me off. Which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, and now she's awesome. The Her only fault. Oh. Oh, man. She has a fault. Oh, man. Diane, love having you around, but you are a Spurs fan. It's good. We so need a Spurs fan. Therefore, for me. Ah, no, no, no. It's an issue. A little there bit is, of an issue there. There is nothing wrong <laughs> with that. <laughs> nothing. That's I understand. It. That uh, Brian and I are able to put away, uh, put aside our beef uh, sometimes, our Spurs Arsenal beef at times. We try to keep it cordial. Um, but I feel like Diane, she likes to pack some punches. And so she bring, cause she comes with a little bit more Spurs thunder when it's uh, convenient. Yeah, this coming weekend, speaking of 35-plus, yeah, it's going to be a big. Diane, I'll toast you some bourbon North as Darby. the Gunners win that match and win. Five Premier League games in a row. Okay. All right. One can dream. Hey, listen, One can dream. Yeah, that might be what it is. In our Slack workspace, we've got Liverpool fans. We've got United fans. We've got Arsenal fans. We've got Spurs fans. We've even got Plymouth Argyle fans and Ipswich Town fans. And, I mean, it's, they're all there. And so, hey, listen. And Huddersfield. We have a Huddersfield. It's true. We have a Huddersfield That's right. Don't Town fans. A-A-Ron. That's right. And uh, he's doing far better than Huddersfield Jeez, Town. Jeez, dude. That guy. But thank you, Diana, again, and uh, now let's get on to form once and for all. There are two ways that I want to talk about form, and form is relevant now at this point because we are four game weeks in 
to this nine-game week stretch. And it's time that we take a look at the bigger picture. Again, the matches are coming so fast and furious anyway. Let's take a look at the bigger picture. So we're going to do two things as we look at form, and we're going to discuss players two different ways. The first thing I want to do is I want to take a look at what Fantasy Premier League's website is giving in terms of the best in-form players. Form ratings? Form ratings. Okay. All right, starting goalkeeper. Any guesses, gentlemen? Uh, Allison. That's exactly right. With Casper Schmeichel on the bench. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Probably because of that penalty save that he had a couple of matches ago, mm-hmm. uh, giving that a little bit more weight. In your defense, if you have four defenders, you're looking at Trent Alexander-Arnold, mm-hmm. Matt Ritchie, Johnny Castro, and Cesar slash Dave as Piliqueta. Mm-hmm. Matt Ritchie's a weird one, though, because in his last five matches, it's 3-18, and a 1. Right. And so, uh, yeah, the zero... It's pulling on two out of the three matches pretty heavy. The zero and the one are particularly infuriating for me because that's when you brought him in. Well, the no, I got him for eight. I I missed him for his for the big haul. Okay, I did what I said I was going to do, and I bought Matt Ritchie, even though I didn't do it that night on the podcast. However, I bought him immediately afterwards, so I did get the eight. Nothing is more infuriating than watching Newcastle put four goals on Bournemouth. And Matt Ritchie is involved in zero of them because he does not play. Yeah, that's brutal. So all of that, and I feel like, and not that saying Maxime would not have done <laughs> all, all just as fine with you know with or without Ritchie out sure. there. It's just nice to think that if if uh, Raji had played, it would have been it would have been really a good one. And then this past week, he comes on uh, for one point. I think 30 minutes or something. Got to love that. No, I don't. Four midfielders, no surprises here. You're looking at Bruno Fernandez, Anthony mm-hmm. Martial, Willian, and Kevin DeBrona. With, with St. Maxima. Right behind. Right behind, right? And don't forget who's right behind him. The great American hope. That's right, Christian Pulisic. Yeah. That's uh, a great midfield lineup. If you have two, three, even four of them, you're pretty happy. Yeah, for sure. Your two forwards, Mason Greenwood. And Danny Ings. Mason Greenwood is, um, well, it, you love the points if you if you had the guts to start him, and that's been the issue. Were you looking at me, Brian? Well, no, I'm just thinking. He's talking to himself. Oh. I'm talking to, well, I'm talking to myself as somebody who was a Mason Greenwood owner for almost the entire season <laughs> until he started starting, which, of course, is when he started scoring points. Sure. So the whole thing with him as many players this season, is will he get a chance? When will he get a chance? Yeah. When he does get a chance, right. he looks amazing. Right. When he gets a chance now, uh, it's when he's not on my team. Solchar said, did I say that right? That he mm-hmm. is one of the greatest finishers he's ever seen. Yeah. That's some high praise. Almost so high I don't want to believe it. It just makes but, me wonder how many matches Solchar has seen. Uh, Touche. Oh my goodness. Uh, the thing with him, um, it's it's difficult. Not because you say he can't. It's not that he can't do it. I don't want to say that he can't. He can't sustain this. But he's got he's got three goals with four shots on target. 
That's Brian, a, Brian, that's a hold, on, hold on. Like stats. We right. are uh, in the lightning round of FPL. Sure. Though. I'm uh, not trying to set my game week one lineup for next season. I'm looking at who's going to get me oh, the no. most for five matches remaining. And I own him. Are you saying I, I re-own re him? You do. So, okay. So there is not. This is not. This is not me saying like don't go get him. I I did buy him as a former Diogo Jota owner. Sure. It seemed a very important move for me to make. Finally, get rid of you. Him. Own him because of this. Because what I'm about to say is some ridiculous advice that you're not going to find anywhere else. No, I tell me. You I, need I, to own three Manchester United offensive players. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about their scores here. So you sure. have Mason Greenwood, and mm-hmm. for his price, you're okay with one, two, twelve, and thirteen, especially those last two scores. Marcus Rashford, so far since the restart, two nine, two six. Okay, in comparison to his midfield counterparts, Bruno Fernandez and Anthony Martial, not as great. Bruno Fernandez is kind of the stud of this squad right now in terms of fantasy points. Yes. 9, 3, 15, and 15. Yeah. And then Anthony Martial, 2, 21, 3, and 14. I mean, if you had him for all four of those matches, you're okay with how that's balancing out over four matches. I had him for two, the bookend ones. <laughs> And it's awesome. <laughs> Nothing is better than wild carding him out for his hat trick. But Dave, you're you're absolutely right. But I would propose that the three that you'd want to own would come from that list of four, not including the fifth option many people maybe would be considering, which is one Paul Pogba, his score so far being four, three, six, and two. I have to say I did I did think about that for a minute a a lot for the the differential of it. Pogba does. Pogba is not going to do the same thing that the other attackers are going to do. I don't think. So for Bruno, fourteen shots, which is third most of anyone in the Premier League since the since the restart. Martial uh, and and Bruno, for, as far as shots on target, are in the top five. Yeah. So they're they're prolific. Rashford Bruno. is not doing that. No. And is not having nearly the same kind of. It's to, it seems like it's just taking him a minute to get reacclimated here. You know what it is? It, I agree with you, and it always seems like when Bruno and Martial have the ball in the box, there's always space. They've got space whenever they have the ball in the box, which obviously is going to create a high percentage opportunity most of the time. And for whatever reason, that's not the same thing that we're getting with Mark. Even Greenwood is getting that, you know, with, with great runs, the ball at his feet. He seems to have space when he has the ball. Rashford mm-hmm. doesn't at this point. Yeah, and and Martial is playing. I mean, he's playing exactly where you want him to play. You know, as a as a midfielder, you want him as high up as possible. He has the fourth most touches in the opposition box of anyone in the Premier League. He only is the only people who have more than him are Salah, Pulisic, and Raheem Sterling. So, I there is no. I don't think you can pick wrong between Bruno and and Tony. I I, I, I imagine I that both. I was going to say at this point probably I mean having them both seems to be pro- is going to be a really common strategy and now so, because of the price Marshall's last two good weeks that he's had were yeah. at home so United's on the road this week what looks to be a juicy matchup against Villa right although this is a Villa team that kind of stood up to Liverpool and made it hard on them yeah for sure most of the match right so. This is a Villa team. I think it's going to come out. I mean, they're fighting. They're fighting for relegation. 
They have technically more to play for. I know United's playing for a top four. So, I mean, look, this is exactly the type of end-of-the-year match that you want. A team fighting for relegation, a team fighting for top four. Let's get it on, right? Yeah. Because we might all be surprised at what happens. But Martial's last two good games, his last four, he had good, bad, good, bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, bad, good, bad, good. And then those two bads were away. The two goods were at home. They're at Villa this week, so I don't know. Maybe you sit him this week. I don't have the guts to do that. I'll probably continue to start him. Right, and this, I, I just the the issue I think for I know for me, and that you know this was again not to keep dragging League Drew into this, but as the, the one one of the United few fans. Manchester United fans I can point to, just the question immediately for him: What if Mason Greenwood keeps starting? And I think the feeling immediately was, well, of course you have to have him. And now we're into, you know, we're into consecutive you know, multiple matches in a row now where he's starting, playing a majority of minutes. He's 4-5. He might go up to four. He's probably going to be 4-6 by the time anyone hears this. I feel like you could, you could easily start to feel a little bad about it the first time he doesn't start. However, I don't know who could be fresher at this part of the season than Mason Greenwood, given the way he's not just youth, but also the way he was used the entire season up to this point. So clinical finishing, yeah, I mean, I, of course I'm concerned about that. Is he going to score at a 75% clip the rest of the season? Probably not, but, you know, this Manchester United team is just soaring right now. So, um, yeah, I, would, I don't know how you don't just ride this. There's another way that I would love for us to look at form because I don't know about you guys, but I love it when I have a player who seems to score a decent return on points week in and week out. To me, that feels like the best return on the investment for that player. Didn't have to be super duper, but just a solid something. Solid something. So I've got, I've done the work here. I did some research. So you're about to give a Scott solid something team. Yes. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Yeah. Triple S. All we need now is new theme music. Triple S. Yes. Give me your triple S. So your triple S team. I did some research and I found out that there are 20 players in the Premier League who have scored at least five fantasy points in three of the four matches played so far since Project Restart. Okay. So five points in at least three out of the four matches. One of these guys has done it for all four matches, and I'll see if you guys can guess which one that is. At the wow, end. okay, I'm, I'm intrigued. The first six are pretty easy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to present them as a group because that's what they are. It's the Wolves' defense. Yeah. For the first three matches of the restart, they all scored clean sheet points. What happened on that least. fourth match, Scott? They lost to some up-and-coming club. Mm, interesting. Yeah, might have been Arsenal. Suck it, Spurs. Rui I mean, Patricio. Suck, suck it, Wolves. <laughs> Rui Patricio. Or both. <laughs> Willie Bowley. Exactly. Matt Doherty. Mm-hmm. Romain Saiz. Connor Cody. Johnny Castro. All scoring Wolves, at least five points. Wolves have been great. And I have been owning Wolves since the restart. I've owned Saiz. I think I've gotten all of his points, except for when I sat him against Arsenal. I lucked out. So, uh, Look, their upcoming schedule at Sheffield, home Everton, at Burnley, home Crystal Palace, at Chelsea. Not horrible. What are we to think of Wolves? The schedule is better for them, I think, defensively than it is offensively. Offensively. The, you know, this weekend, 
kind of going into going into the the now uh, resurgent Arsenal defensive matchup they had. <laughs> right. You know, I I don't think I, you know I wasn't expecting them to lose two nil. But right. I also was not. I don't think there was any reason. to I wasn't think, expecting a shutout. Well, given their recent, the last, the last two matches at at least, I don't know why you would have expected a lot of goals from them either. So, getting shut out, also not expected. However, like we said a couple weeks ago, Jimenez scores a, scores a goal on his only shot of the game two weeks ago. Right. So. This is not, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, offensively they're just kind of struggling right now. Defensively, they've kind of maintained. You know, you you do, like again, you're not expecting to get, you know, have two goals put on you by, by Arsenal, especially the players who got the goals. What I was gonna say, you want to save almost a pound, and you still want to have a an attacking Wolves defender, buy Johnny. Save yourself 0.8 compared to Doherty, who's about to go up again here in the next day or so. Johnny's absolutely playing in uh, in and more advanced role. Johnny, for the for for the since the restart, has outscored Doherty by a point. He's in he's FPL a points. whole pound dollar less. Right, exactly, and he also seems more likely to play the full match than Doherty does than Doherty is. So. I'm sure there are some people who have probably considered making this move. I'd, I'd say a lot. Uh, an, inc- an increasing number of people own Saiz, too. But, um, I, I own Saiz. These are very popular. There's, 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 there's very popular choices here. So, But if you want if you want to get into the attack, you can do it with Johnny without spending as much on as you do for Darty. Jimenez ownership is 36%. That is wicked high. Are you saying you'd rather own... Are you out of the Jimenez game? I have never been in the Jimenez game. So on purpose? I, yes, on purpose. Okay. I, but, but, I mean, I miss a couple goals. You know, of course, you'd rather have goals than not goals. Sure, of course. But in two of the three weeks, you know, where I have not had him, it hasn't hurt me. He scored against West so. Ham and Bournemouth, did not score against Villa and Arsenal. Right, and comparatively, the I mean – you're not going to find it's I'm not arguing against owning him at all. I'm just saying like right now I don't know I'm not really sure what you're expecting from them. Okay. So, I have him and as I've had him since project restart began, I've been happy for the most part. Um here's the here's the situation I'm in. So, I went I got out of DCL. I'm done with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Already transferred him out with my free transfer this game week and brought in Mason Greenwood. Okay. I've got a lot of money in my bank. Yeah, you do. 2.2 pounds, to be exact. And so I could send out a Jimenez, mm-hmm. but I could only go – I can't go to an Aubameyang right. without making a third move. But 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 would you want to? Aubameyang dropped in price yesterday. Again, this is Monday night. Aubameyang dropped on Sunday night his price, so now it's like a 10.9. 10.9. I bought him for a 10.8, so I'm still not losing money yet. But – out of the three of the four matches, he's only scored once, and that was against Norwich. Right. Okay, who so, you expect him to score against. Of course. The question for you, Scott, is do you want to spend that money and go up to Vardy or Jesus? I mean, I feel like that's really the the big upward move that you can make with that amount of money. It's either that or Rashford and have two United forwards, and I'm not all right, that I don't, th- I don't think well, you would want to do so that you as own, much. But I mean, you, you wouldn't want to go roll out Dwight Gale, Scott? No. 
I'm still upset about what he did to Liverpool when he played for Crystal Palace <laughs> five years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't. There really isn't an option unless you make, like you said, unless you make a third transfer and either go and go all the way up to Aubameyang or Kane. So, I mean, that that is the, the big question. Right now I would is like not in the forwards. Right. Well, there's only that doesn't the seem thing. to be. The the only people who are going to get interest from week in and week out are the forwards who are playing the worst possible teams. So there is movement as we sit here and as we sit here and record this. There is movement on Troy Deeney, despite everything bad that has happened for Watford since the restart. A lot of people are moving on Troy Deeney right, right now, because strictly because by the time you hear this, they will have played Norwich. I'm gonna I'm gonna help everyone out. <laughs> Kane is playing Bournemouth on Thursday, so there's plenty of movement on Harry Kane because that looks on paper looks right now as the best possible matchup you're going to get from a forward in this coming game week. I am se- I am seriously debating taking a hit to go from Dominic Calvert-Lewin to Harry Kane. I can do that. Wow. That is how many dollars I have to sit there and make Jeez. that decision. So I I do not know whether or not it's worth right. it though. So Brian, would you rather have Kane against Bournemouth? Are you concerned with his lack of form since the restart? Hold that thought. Or Aubameyang versus Leicester? What, what? Oh, I would way rather have I would way rather have the upside of Kane than Aubameyang against against Leicester. Leicester. Even if it's at home. Even if it's Aubameyang who possibly might have signed a new contract by then. Yeah, I just I don't I if I have to choose between one or one or those uh, just strictly on matchup, I would prefer to have Kane. Sure. Get back to Jimenez here because that's how we we're way off we're way off of the Jimenez track here. Okay. But I'm just saying this is this is the kind of question though I think is is his lack of a return in one week enough for you to say, you know what, I am more willing to part ways even though I look ahead and. It's at Sheffield on Wednesday. So by the time, again, by the time you're hearing this, you'll know what Wolves did at Sheffield. We've, we said this last week. At Sheffield, not great. Home to Everton, not great. I don't care if it says green on there. It's not great. Everton's not green. At Burnley. No, Everton's not great. Is that what you're saying? No, you're they're not, not green. They're not a green matchup right now. No, but the oh, but I thought you said green. The FPL the FPL color scheme says they're yeah, green. Yeah, the one that we mock and ridicule all the time. At Burnley. No. Even hard. without Ben Mee, you're still like, eh, it's not great. No, it's not. Home to Crystal Palace, not great. They're so, tough at home. Right. So the first time the first time that you see him, that you say a matchup with for Wolves, that you say, I'm not, ter- I'm not terrified of that. Or I, I'm not, even though it says red, last week of the season at Chelsea, you look at that and say, all right, that's manageable. There could be goals in that one. There are, goal- there are probably goals in that one. Mm-hmm. So that's all. That was all I was trying to say about him. And as even a week ago, is more like, again, not ideal, especially when week in and week out. This coming week, you look at Vardy. You know, Vardy at Arsenal. Vardy scores a brace, puts his puts himself back into everyone's thinking. And then you look and you remember that Vardy had a goal and an assist against Arsenal earlier in the season. Then they play Bournemouth the week after that. Like. You're okay with that, right? So there's two matches in a row where you get where you have Vardy, where you're like, I think he's more than useful here. So I think that's, I mean, that's it. I just think that you have the when you have the money to be able to make a move like that, 
it I think it makes it a little trickier to hold on to someone like Jimenez here. Like he probably has a goal in him right now. Well, let, let's let's go a little bit further with this before we get back to my form team. I could go to Vardy from Jimenez, mm-hmm. and I've got the money in my bank to make that work. So that's one move I could do. I also have the ability to go from an injured Matt Target to a Cesar Espilicueta. Okay, I've got more than enough money to do that. And Chelsea's schedule is not bad. No, got Liverpool, and that's about it. They still have Norwich on their schedule, right? And then I could go from a Phil Foden or a Saint Maximin mm-hmm. to Christian Pulisic. Okay, now we're talking. I could do any of those moves. The only reason why I hesitate on Foden or Saint Maximin to Pulisic, first of all, those are my last two free transfers in. Okay, so it feels wasteful to send one of them right back out. Foden didn't start right in thirty-three plus. He came off the bench. City lost. So if he starts following a City loss, I feel like I could maybe get something for Phil Foden in 34-plus. Yeah. And St. Maximin, I mean, he's playing City, but I don't mind having him on my bench. He is Newcastle's spark plug. And you're probably going to have him on your bench regardless of what you do if what Steve Bruce says comes to pass, which is, unfortunately, I don't think I could ask Alan to come back on Wednesday. That's for sure. That is post-match this Following the following the win this weekend, the I think most of FPL, from what it seems, is expecting to see Saint Maximin get a rest yeah. against so Manchester City. So by the time City. you hear this, you'll know whether or not that's true. But then their opponents after that are Watford, Spurs, and Brighton. Yeah, I want can, them for those. Who can be had? And I'm planning sure. to play my free hit in game week 38 when Newcastle finishes the season against Liverpool. So I feel like I want to keep him. Mm-hmm. So it would be Foden out, even though I feel like Foden's going to be pretty decent moving forward. Yeah. Um, so maybe not a – I mean, and I'm not willing to part with anyone else to go down to Pulisic. My, the rest of my midfield's Mane, KDB, and Bruno. So they're, they're staying where they are. So do I do target for Espilicueta? That is, uh, that is more of a reasonable transfer to okay. me anyway. All right. We'll find out at the end of this pod if that's – what I still have the guts to do. Let's continue on with the all-form team. Again, I'm looking at not just what's on the FPL website now, but now I'm looking at players who've scored at least five fantasy points in at least three out of the four matches played from Game Week 30-plus to Game Week 33-plus. We've already discussed the six who played in the Wolves' steady defense. Mm -hmm. They scored in the first three matches. They scored at least five points each. There are, oh, let's see... Three other goalkeepers who have done the same thing, at least five points in three matches. Allison for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Hugo Lloris for Spurs. That surprises me. And yet, that's exactly... Yet here he is. What he's done, pulling up his scores now, Brian. Five, seven, one, and ten. Okay. The ten coming today, today as we record right. this yep. against Everton. Yep. The third and final goalkeeper on that list, Emiliano Martinez of Arsenal. Come on, you got it! Who said Emiliano Martinez is a good second goalkeeper on this podcast? Oh, yeah, I, I did. Uh, he I, is, but he's really a good first goalkeeper, he too. He's been a really good first goalkeeper since he got the starting job. Uh, again, Dave, you don't are, you're, you, you own him. Are you starting him this weekend against Leicester? How is he in form? Not up there, like in number one or two. Like, that's ridiculous. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade right here. Since the restart, he scored a 
five and six, and he didn't start the game where he got a one. Find me a goalkeeper who scored more points than Emiliano Martinez since the restart. Well, that's just it. I mean, Allison has had a 10 and a 9 during that time, which Mm -hmm. is obviously more points overall. There are guys that aren't going to be on this list I'm giving you who have scored double-digit points in a week which heavily skews some of these statistics. There's no question. But I'm talking about the guys who seem to be steady and consistent week in and week out, which I'm sorry, but those are like, sure, I'll take the 16s all day long, but I'd also rather have the guy that I know is going to give me five a week. Look, it doesn't make sense. I mean, who's going to bet on Arsenal's defense? <laughs> well, who would have? And I think that's the, well, I think even this week, so, I mean, I, I would have, I did the same thing. I mean, I benched him for my starting keeper in a matchup that I felt like was, more favorable than them playing against Wolves. I played at Ederson thinking that's the move. Right. Arsenal against Wolves or Ederson versus Southampton? Yeah, you would take Ederson 99 times out of 100. Except he gave up a goal from 39 yards out. Yeah. I, I mean, Dave, are Jay you... Adams, are, first Premier League goal. Are you starting him against Leicester? You probably... Are, Martinez. Yeah, Emiliano Martinez. Are you starting him against Leicester? I, I, I would actually feel okay doing that. I know that sounds crazy, right? I'm not. I'm going to start uh, – no, I'm going to start, start Ederson. Ederson because Pep's going to chew them for losing to Southampton one nothing. So, no, Ederson is my play this week, but a lot of people probably don't have such polar opposites with Ederson and Martinez. But if I had Martinez, look, he has – I think he has – 10 total starts for Arsenal and has like seven clean sheets. You know, you can make fun of me all you want to, but there are guys who just, they pass the eye test. They command the back line. He does. And he does. He does. He absolutely does. So much so that Leno seems expendable. A lot of Arsenal fans have been clamoring for this last couple years. Now, this could be, Brian, just like the, this is not an NFL football podcast, but this could be the, the backup quarterback syndrome, right? Yeah. All of a, everyone wants to see the backup goalkeeper, right? They think they yeah. can do a little. When he's had opportunities, he's had a give chance us, to step. Give us Curious. If I tell you what, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> no if, one said no one ever. <laughs> if he steps in this week against Leicester and stops Vardy from scoring, because Vardy has a way of scoring against Arsenal. So if he steps in, stops Vardy from scoring this week, um, man, he's really going to start winning fans over that he hasn't already won over. Yeah. Uh, and look, I, I posted this on the Slack workspace. I was surprised to see this via Twitter today. If you were to start the season when Arteta took over, Arsenal has the fourth most points in the table. And that's a little surprising. Now, schedule could have skewed that. Uh, there's sure. no way to, to look that up. But It's right. still it, impressive. It was near the midway point. Mm-hmm. So... As bad as it has been, and and look, Scott, you referenced it. Like, hey, look, they. This is not, you know, you don't need to be a super, you know, brainiac to figure this out. They need some center backs, and uh, what they have is not good enough. Scott's like, yeah, you you need that. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I mean, look, for as great as Liverpool is, they didn't did it. They won zero trophies without Becker, Allison, and Virgil. The the Two yep. of the most important pieces on, on your team, as good as they were. No, you're right. Liverpool was amazing, mm-hmm. but they didn't win anything until they got those two pieces. Arsenal, I feel like, is further away than that. But, Scott, you're they're right. not that far away, though. Yeah, maybe. The kids are coming along. Well, they're, they're, they're getting opportunities, and they're playing really, really well, and it's pushing some of the older guys so much so that 
you know, in our Chattamada stand today, it was also posted in our Slack workspace that, uh, you know, he's got a young guy, Gwendozi, who I, I've liked up to this point, lost his mind against Brighton and tried to choke out uh, Neil Malpe, which, honestly, I wanted to, uh, but I didn't act on it. He acted on you it. You wanted more people to respond to what Gwendozi did. He should have got red carded. Yeah, but you also, like, wanted that to infiltrate the rest of the club's spirit. And yet now he's being punished for it. Meanwhile, Granite Xhaka can't get off the pitch for Mikel Arteta. Don't oh, you feel like that's a double standard in some way? But Have you noticed, though, he, he used to be Mr. Whiny guy to the ref. He's not anymore. Have you ever noticed that? He used to really – I used to loathe him. He was way out of position, way upfield, and, and Arsenal was getting scored on because of him being out of position. Arteta has completely reeled him in emotionally – and physically on the field, and it's made a difference. I would. There's it, two guys I would love to tell you get off the team. Yeah, Ozil. Well, and Xhaka. Ozil, I would tell that right now. Okay. But Xhaka and Mustafi, I would love to tell sure, you get you off should. the team. With David Luiz, since close Arteta behind. has taken over, it's crazy. Both of them have played pretty well. So Granite Xhaka is fortunate. Dare I even say lucky that Unai Emery. Which I know that's a curse. There's word no his doubt. House. Got fired when he did. There's no doubt. Because if he hadn't, he'd be further away from this Arsenal squad than he oh, currently and is. And/or if not sold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he fell up then. All that means you're still not owning Granite Xhaka. This, no, that was just no. that was that's premierly. For, that was talk. your Arsenal moment. Fair enough. It was. And, All right. Hey, look up the Gunners. Nah, sure. Emiliano Martinez is working himself into a position where. You could reasonably start him. You could and buy own, David Button, buy back David Button, or, or Martin from West Ham, and do it, spend almost nothing on goalkeeper yep. and have have uh, have a starter who's viable for the rest. That's of the exactly season. right. No, that's, that's well said, Brian. And honestly, if you're selling a an Ederson or an Allison or even a Pope, you're getting pounds back. Yeah, for doing so. We could talk about Nick Pope later, but. But Let's yeah, talk about Nick a... Pope later. Let's keep moving on with the form team as I'm defining it. There are five more defenders who are here that we need to discuss. Two of them come from Liverpool, no surprises. Uh, we know them by their initials, TAA and VVD. Mm. We've talked about them at length throughout the season. Uh, Brian, a guy that you've been touting since the restart began, Serge Aurier makes the list. Well done on that one. I wish that I had had any point had the guts to own him, although I would have been highly disappointed to own him last week. And then this week I would have been reluctant and possibly might have thought about benching him this week and then would have missed out on bonus points. I think he finished with two bonus points this week. Yeah, he had eight against Everton. Uh, also, in another match that I think the score doesn't really speak much to the form of the, the teams, how they managed to sheet Everton. Uh, after losing 3-1 to Sheffield is really odd. And this yeah. this Spurs team is really so dumb and unlikable. And I think They're it, Jose Mourinho's team it now. It is absolutely Jose Mourinho's team now. And they they're it's it's not fun. This was a Jose rebound it's not, of it's a, not fun of a game, at all. Though. Yeah. They're not the they're not the lovable Spurs that yeah, but you know no, not at Delhi all. Delhi wasn't out there. Like, Delhi I mean, was not even that, in the team. No, I mean that that always hurts. Well, but I feel is, like they have a, a good enough fun players. Well, this is how when unlovable you look at, though. Spurs when you look at Kane, Dave. you look at Bergvine, you look yeah, at yeah, Mora yeah. and sure, Son. Sure, yeah, 
Yeah, Lamella, yeah. Let's talk about Pamela. Some. Why why can't you roll those people out? This there? is how unlovable Spurs have become. Hugo Lloris attacked Son heading into the locker room at halftime. What was that about? And Jose Mourinho praised it. The lovable Son was attacked by his own goalkeeper, and it was the well, right look, thing according you know to his what? manager. Maybe maybe they, we don't they know address, the whole story. They addressed. Maybe it. we don't they, know the whole I'm, story. I'm obviously it. being dramatic. Lloris was upset that Son didn't track back on a particular attack for, for Everton, which, fine, whatever. He handled it in a poor way, but that was the spirit Mourinho wanted to see, and so he was happy to see it. But, you know, you go after Son, the guy that like everybody wants to just hug. If you're being a lazy ass, <laughs> just need to get called out, Scott. There you go. Just because you're a happy... It's amazing how quickly you're a happy he lazy turns. Ass. Just saying. <laughs> Doesn't mean you don't get called out. Lazy ass. Yeah. That's what, the equivalent right. of what you just said. I'm going to continue through this list. I mentioned three defenders. I said there were five. I meant there were six. I missed one here. Oh, wow. Uh, Luca Dina makes the list. Man. Speaking of that uh, Everton Spurs match. Does he just match. keep producing? He just quietly keeps producing. He did it in the first three matches of Project Restart, 5-11 and 5. So he makes the list. And that's a guy you have to think about. We've talked about him already since the restart. Uh, Lewis Dunk has quietly put together an excellent, excellent restart. So much so that I wonder why I sold him. When I reset my team leading into Project Restart, 10, 6, 1, and 8 are his scores. I, my, one of my, my, I would have really, uh, I really would have had to have had a good bit to drink, I think, to make the decision <laughs> I thought about last week was to try to maximi- maximize the, the matchup against Norwich, which would have paid off. It would have been one of the few times where taking a huge minus would have, would have or could have at least paid off a little bit, but it would have required a, a a transfer in of a player who I would have benched for a hit. You understand what I'm yeah. saying? Oh yeah. So it would have been bringing in Matt Ryan and somebody who I would also encourage you to. I'm sure this is out there, but Tariq Lamptey, who has started uh, the la- at least the last three matches for Leicester. No, for Brighton. Brighton. That's right. Forgive me. Um. Dunk, yes, absolutely. Dunk has been excellent. Lamptey, uh, Lamptey's 4-0 and has started. They bought him from Chelsea in January. He is finally getting his shot now, and Lamptey's playing really well. And he's 4-0, and he's starting, and he is definitely a guy. You're not going to want Brighton the next two weeks, I think, isn't, isn't it? The yeah, next Liverpool two weeks. and City. Liverpool and City the next two weeks, but then they end the season uh, more usefully. So Lamptey, to me, is a guy that, barring injury, uh, he's definitely a You'd guy. You'd want for the run out the last three matches. Absolutely. A guy. An enabler who's playing against a decent schedule the last three games. Yeah. And that's at Southampton, home to Newcastle, and at Burnley. Right. And, I, like, I, you know, I, like, like other folks that are out there, you know, at some point i got to use a bench boost. Lamptey is a guy who I feel like, especially in those last three matches, you know, he's one of those guys that there's no reason that that couldn't be a, a six or a five, uh, whether or not you throw him into your starting lineup yeah, or something. Well said. So. Final defender on our list is Burnley's James Tarkowski. Six, five, and 11 in his last three matches. And the last man standing of the Burnley center backs to end the season here. So if you're going to buy a Burnley center back, well, I guess you could still buy Kevin Long if you really wanted to. But if you want a trustworthy guy. Kevin Long and his four fantasy points on the season. 
Yeah, uh, Ben Me. So, well, no, I mean Ben Me is might Ben Me might be out for the rest of the season with a thigh strain. Points per pound for Kevin Long aren't so good, Brian. Sure, <laughs> but let's let's get back to reality, which is that Ben Me is injured for the rest of the season, right. and you're probably not getting him again. So Kevin Long is going to be the replacement for the foreseeable future. Sure. So if you really needed a guy, Kevin Long's the same price as Charlie Taylor. So. If you prefer the center back, which seems to be the more uh, attacking threat <laughs> player for Burnley, why not take uh, why not take a shot on Kevin Long? Chris Wood did come in and get a point in this match. Finally Maybe. healthy, yeah. Maybe and your boy will be it back. Could Brian. be in two or three weeks <laughs> <laughs> for game week one. Oh my goodness, yeah. Uh, moving to midfield with our list, we've already discussed Bruno Fernandez. I don't think anyone's surprised he's there. Kevin DeBrown, same thing. Disappointing that he sat on the bench in game week 33 plus, but he still makes the list. Was there anything not disappointing about City this week? No, there's not one thing that was not disappointing. I, I went into that match thinking I might have a legitimate chance without using a chip of breaking 100, which is tough to do. Mm-hmm. And it, it, Withered away. Yeah, it thanks was. to I needed a clean sheet from Laporte and Ederson, and I needed De Bruyne not to start so I could get Saka's ten off the bench. Didn't happen. Yeah, bad my beat. fantasy bad beat of the week. Yes, bad beat. There's a Chelsea pair uh, that's on our list. Both William and Christian Pulisic are here. They are they are functioning right now on a, a Zaha and Luca type symbiosis. In terms of drawing penalties and scoring points from free kicks, um, here's another excellent one. reference from two years ago. Here's here's <laughs> thank you. Uh, Remember the Luca rule? Oh my goodness! I know Dave does. Stop. He loved the Luca rule. Stupid. Who doesn't? Hopefully, who doesn't you were love it? To our show two years ago, Jeez. you know what the Luca rule is. I rode the Luca rule to a title, mini league title, so, that nobody seems to remember anymore. Yeah, yeah. 13 shots each. Whatever. Since the restart, William and Pulisic have each taken 13 shots, which is tied for the fourth most of anyone in the Premier League. They each have three big chances since the restart. Only Aubameyang has more. William has eight shots on target since the restart. Only Aubameyang has more than he does. This is a right now can't pick wrong it seems like most folks are picking one or the other. It doesn't seem bad at all to have both of them for the rest of the season. I think the only thing that you would that would stop you from doing that is because you probably already have two midfielders taken up by Manchester United players. Mm-hmm. So having and, and a having KDB. Ha- having and a Mane. right having four of your midfield taken up by players from two teams just seems like you're you're. If you're getting out of the Liverpool game, I get it. In fact, let's go there real quickly. Are there any Liverpool or City players that either of you two gentlemen have sold or would consider selling at this point? I own Mane and De Bruyne, and it seems crazy to get rid of one of them. You mean Mane and Virgil van Dijk? No, who do you have? No, well, he said Liverpool or City Or City, oh, okay, okay. So I stand by what I just said. Uh, (laughs) Let's start over. And or... Mane, no, this will be great. We'll leave it all in. Great. Mane and KDB. So I just don't know if I can sell either one. I If I was to sell one, Mane has the least motivation, I think, yeah. to do much. Uh, 
he got something this past weekend. But not because Liverpool looked good no. at all. No, they didn't look great. They did on that particular the, play. They yeah. got they in, got on their goal scoring plays. Yeah, they looked uh, they looked outstanding. They but got, this was they got thumped by City. I, I just I mean, look, they've won the title. I what else do you have to to play for other than than play out the season? If it was me, I would try to set the points title. But they obviously seem to not be concerned about that. They both, I say points so this record. Is, this not is title. how many matches in a row. I mean, Salah's played ninety minutes, I think, for the last three. Mane's gotten one short, gotten one short rest out of all of the matches in the restart so far. At some point, they've got to get rested, right? At some point, they are not going to what, start. What do you mean rested? They just came off three months. What do you mean? No, I'm saying that Klopp Rested is, for the Klopp beginning is of the saying next that. Season? No, I'm saying that right. I'm saying that because of the frequency of matches now, there. I mean, there's already oh, talk okay. of rotation. I'm tracking. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that they need a big long rest, like they need a week off. Or You're something just saying. Like look, that. they played four games in pretty much two weeks, and it's it's Mane's minutes ninety, eighty three, eighty four, and ninety. In those four matches. Right, and Salah's is like 90, 90, 90, 90. Right, so, so, so you're saying they've had no rest. Right, Firmino's the first sacrifice here of all of the, the, the consistent starters. Firmino's the one who gets, who gets sacrificed as a, you know, he gets to be a late sub here, not that anyone's owning him anyway. You're saying it could be Mane this week. It could, it could be money. Yeah, could be it, right. It could week. be one of the two of them who gets benched, and it's somebody who gets to come in in place of them. I, I do think there's little motivation there. Uh, I think there's only things to lose at this point. Liverpool's probably looking at this point. It seems obvious they're setting themselves up for the next season. Not that there's anything wrong with that, which is starting six weeks after this season ends. So, yeah, maybe. May, I don't know. You're right. Am I better off owning Mane right now or William or Pulisic, right? It's probably one of Chelsea players. The points are close, but it would have been William or Pulisic so far since since the restart. But that's the thing. There's a lot of good options. The I I think that's the difficulty. I know. I mean, I can spend that Salah money in way other places. Oh my goodness! Yeah, of course. Right. I mean, I say Salah. I meant Mane. I own Mane. But you right. But, but, but I mean, either the, way, they're pretty much the same price. Knowing that you like, I mean, it, I, I'm the risk with bringing in a city player, for example, in place of one of them. So you probably even like I don't own KDB. I sold him, but I also like looking now at him or Sterling or any of the like. It's that's why it's so hard. I bought Mares a couple weeks ago. I captained Mares this week, by the way. It was outstanding, <laughs> way above average for my point total <laughs> with my captain getting a two, but. The it's difficult for me to say, well, I, now, oh, a one, that's frustrating, knowing that they've got Newcastle coming up, and he played 59 minutes. Why am I going to sell him now? He's going to play again. They, he's trying to, I mean, uh, everything is silverware for Pep. So whatever, whatever, everything is cup matches. They've already said that. We already know that completely. So it's keeping those players fresh. How much are you willing to lose on City players? The question with Liverpool is, will they rest? Will Klopp do what he says he's going to do at some point, which is we we can't keep playing the players like this. At some point, we're going to have to rotate. It's just it's just a really difficult thing to, to take a big risk on right now. Sure. I kept Mane and TAA going into the Villa match, and I actually captained TAA 
wasn't terrible. No. Got clean sheet uh, doubled there. Uh, Mane scoring also was nice. Uh, KDB and Foden did nothing for me, but I actually have this feeling like 34-plus is going to be the opposite. I think that in response yeah. to the loss and obviously the benching for both of those guys, I think they come in and I think they might do something pretty significant against Newcastle. Man, I think I just made did a money for William move. Okay. William's last three games are sick. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. So that leads me into Scott's stat of the day, which is number three. Number three. I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys what it is because it's pretty obvious. Three is the number of matches in a row where William has scored a penalty kick. I goal. thought you were going to tell me three is the number that Chelsea weirdly is playing with on the front of their shirt. Have you not seen their new kits? Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah, it's just the number three and things written in it. I don't know what it is. It looks stupid as <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. I right. completely agree. That's what I thought three was. Um, no, three is a good thing for William. All right. The thing with William... Um, I'm not. I'm not at all. I mean, like I said, I should have been wearing a Willian kit since the beginning of the season. Zero goals from open play for him. They're all coming on PKs. So it's three pieces? three PKs and one free kick. Mm. So, do you count on this? If you are going to say that Pulisic is going to continue to Zaha his way through the end of the season here. Then, then yeah, you like you like what okay, Willian fair. can do. This is interesting. So Pulisic sitting on a seven seven eight six. Awesome. As Scott, I mean, he's the, well. There you go. That's the one person, right? You Christian said there was one guy who scored one guy. over five every match. That's yeah. him. I just I just realized that. Yep. Sorry, I just blew your up blew Way up your stat there. Dave. Um, go. So that's flipping amazing, right? And, Pulis- and then, like I said, Pulisic. Now, they, they, that's, and w- Williams sitting on a a two, ten, fourteen, and a nine. Yeah, and and you know that three of those have been PKs. three of those goals are Pulisic one penalties. So Pulisic, look, if a guy's going to score from open play for Chelsea, it is way more likely to be Pulisic than it is Willian right now. I like I. I'm saying that it is it is excruciating. If if you told me I had to pick one or the other, I don't know which I would do. Do you have both? I own Polisic. I've had Polisic for well, two weeks you, now. Then you chose one. I did choose one, but it's not because I didn't want Willian. Is what I'm saying. Like gotcha. what I'm saying is Polisic, like thirty touches in the opposition box since the restart, it's tied for most overall in the Premier League with Mo Salah, Polisic, since since restart. He has won five free kicks in the in the opponent's final third. Only Jack Grealish has won more free kicks in the final third than Christian Pulisic. Mm. He is in a different gear right now than than almost anyone else, and he has Willian there to clean up at the end of it. It is on the like Chelsea is as fun as they can be right now, and it's it's one of the few reliable things that you've had. Since the restart, like owning both is not a bad idea at all. We didn't. Even, we're not even going to talk about Aspilicueta right this minute, but he is in that same vein with these guys, and it's like the three guys who you can count on week in and week out. Three of the only guys that you can say that about that aren't on Manchester United anyway. There's only one other name in my form team 
He's also a midfielder. By the way, if you notice, there are no forwards in this list by the definition that I gave of five points or more for three out of the four matches played. Miguel Almiron, Newcastle, makes the team. Look at that guy. He's been very good. I'd love to, love to see that guy have some success. Is is are is West Ham and Newcastle going to be the most fun other teams for the rest <laughs> of the season other than United and Chelsea? Which makes you happy. Yeah, of course. They've been a blast. Yeah. It's what everyone wants. Sure. Everyone wants this is the you Newcastle want... that could not have been worse six months ago. Could not have looked like a worse I could not have had a worse outlook for their season, definitely since the start of the season. And now all of a sudden, like utter and complete safety. And now playing like the the best, like attack one of the best attacking football teams in the league since the restart. You you mentioned those two clubs in particular, but I would say the Premier League matches as a whole have gotten really fun. The rust has come off now at this point. We're talking about things four game weeks in. Four game weeks in, these these clubs are now in mid-season form again, and it's a blast, West Ham and Newcastle included. Let's roll through a couple of segments here. Uh, I've got a couple that I want to do, and then we're going to lead into how to say with Brian J, taking things back to Brian's hammers. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, this is great. We like to do a manager quote of the week uh, segment uh, on most of our shows, and sometimes we this season we've made it a Chris Wilder quote of the week show. I've got a Chris Wilder quote of the week segment here to provide. John Egan, not to be confused with Dan Egan, Brian. Thank you. John Egan scored in Sheffield United's most recent match. And uh, Chris Wilder, for the record, I know, Dave, you love his ruggedness and his toughness and yes, the I do. way he communicates with his guys. I look at it as him being a... F- he grabbed a player by the arm during the water break and was like i think it was enda stevens if i'm not mistaken grabbed him by the arm was like leading him like he was a child off the pitch during the maybe he should have been listening better Mm -hmm. that's what it was Um, understand authority enda stevens chris wilder's gonna get himself in trouble here soon but anyway john egan scores and what does chris wilder have to say after this match i don't know i'll read it to you okay john has missed some chances this season it's an area we have looked at. We should be a bit more of a threat. That's what he says after the man scores. Hate to see what he says when he doesn't score. Oh, my. Well, obviously, he's seen some holes in Mr. Egan's game mm-hmm. and is glad that he's finally seeing some form of results. Is this his first goal ever? I think no. so. No. Was it? Wait. No way. It was definitely his first goal this season. I mean, where are we talking under 17? I mean, I'm not saying we... his first goal that he's ever scored in his entire life. Okay. No, I'm just saying first goal. You're making me look up stats. I sure don't remember Which Mr. Room? Dan Egan scoring much. Okay, this okay. was his first of the season. Yeah. His first goal of the season, that's yeah. what I was thinking. So, yeah, so Wilder has a good reason to be upset. Like, really? Do the, more, the man dude. scored. Look, you know how he scored? He scored on the backside of a set piece, which... It probably means he hasn't been in position before to score that goal, and he actually was finally in position that he was supposed to be in. That's mm-hmm. my guess. Okay. I also have an honorary meaningless fantasy half point to give out. Perfect. I'm giving it out to one of the cherries. The cherries are in free fall. They can't get real fantasy. Eddie Howe for looking like a Dumas the entire game? <laughs> why? Yeah, why? Which part? You mean just just seen him on the sidelines recently? It looks like he's in a relocation battle. He looks like he is completely (laughs) clueless and befuddled the entire match. Yeah, you know why. He looks like a dumbass. (laughs) 
You know, yeah, but you know why? Because he's playing for Newcastle earlier in the day? No. Oh. Matt Ritchie. Honestly, anyone go out there. If you haven't heard me say this before, they look do a side-by-side of Matt Ritchie and Eddie Howe. Tell me they're not the same person. They look Brothers. like guys who could resemble, pass for each other on a cursory glance somewhere. <laughs> look, the issue is, if you had the same exact players and they were all capable of performing at a high level at one part of the season, and now they can't do anything and are getting just crushed week in and week out, I would probably look a bit befuddled, too. Sounds like uh, Ryan Frazier had that locker room, not Eddie Howe. Right. Yeah, that's it. Ryan Frazier is a big miss. For nobody. (laughs) Somewhere. Yeah. For someone. Yeah. His mom was missing him while he was away Why won't they just start Diego Rico? No, that's not it either. Yeah, we're long past Rico time. Okay. Uh, No, the fantasy half point is going to Lloyd Kelly. That man just can't get a fantasy point to save his life, so I'm giving him a meaningless half point. Lloyd Kelly is finally starting. Yeah. After a nightmare of an injury kind of season, a guy who who has deserved a shot over and over this season could not get out there, and finally he does get out there, and it is in the middle of the worst part of the yep. Jerry season. He played eight minutes against Wolves, scored a point. The following week, Bournemouth give up four. He's out there for the full 90. So and and also he uh, collected a yellow card, so he gets a negative one. He's back to zero fantasy points. He goes back out there and plays another ninety against Manchester United. Five goals, Bournemouth give up. He has not scored officially. No. I mean, he's he's scored a point, but his total points currently are at zero. Lloyd Kelly, I feel oh. really bad for you. Here's my meaningless half point for a guy that had so much potential to come in and get some get some good help. He's no, he's not. All right, Brian. One guy who is in form plays for West Ham. He just keeps finding the net the last couple of matches, and so it was time for you to teach us how to say his name because he has a he has a symbol over one of the letters in his last oh, name. Oh yeah, he which sure is a does. Telltale sign that we're going to ask you to teach us how to say this guy's <laughs> name. So, Brian, take it away with how to say Brian J. Is it an umlaut? It is not. Is we'll it an enye? Well, no, we. we, we no. Okay. That's you're thinking of Enya. <laughs> Sail away singer. No. No, not. no, no, no. It's now a, you make me want to make that the music for this, how to say. Will there be music for this? I'm sure we can probably work well, something out. Well, you you want to make it sail away, Dave. I'll leave that to your prerogative. Come sail away. Come That back. is sticks. Is that not what you were talking about? No. <laughs> sail away, sail away, oh, sail away. That one, yes. Come on, sailing. For our second Czech Republic how to say of the season. That's a record. I'm sad to say that the music will not be from One Republic. Okay. I know that disappoints both of you greatly, but it makes me most mad because it's one of the best chances I've had in a while to ask for music that would get us an FCC warning. (laughs) So how about we do just a song that's generically about hammers? Hammers. Let's do Maxwell's Silver Hammer by the Beatles. I think the Beatles' full catalog is in the public domain now, right? Should be. No, that's not. (laughs) Well, the other option would be if MC Hammer has a song with the word hammer in the title. Hammer time? He does. Here comes the hammer. So you dipwads can pick between Maxwell's Silver Hammer. Here comes the hammer or hammer time? Maxwell's Silver Hammer by the Beatles. Here comes the hammer by MC Hammer. Okay. Or Sail Away by Enya. 
<laughs> I'll let you roll those dice. Oh, I can't wait for that. This week's How to Say isn't great. Uh, <laughs> right off the bat, you have what you think should be just a plain old Thomas. But no, you guys won't even let me have that. Nope. I think it's a pretty safe rule to make that if 40% of your name letters have accents, there's going to be some trouble. <laughs> That's why our hammer midfielder, his first name is pronounced... Tomash. Tomash. There's no H. Well, you're right. Like There's not. But the when your S on your name has that little wedge or Karen above it, a Karen. It is pronounced exactly like the way we say S H. Like in our popular expressions, sheesh, or yikes, or whoops. No one says whoops. Tomasha's surname, it follows in the pronunciation here a bit logically, given the accent that you find in his, uh, his last name there. The part that you never see coming in the last name is the O-U. That's ahead of the C with the accent, the Karen on it. It's a part of the name. Most folks, like you or me, would just breeze right past. The next thing you know, it's stealing your wristwatch and getting your significant other's phone number. That little diphthong there is pronounced more like the O in no. Or meadow. Or any other O-W or long O sounding N. The O-U in this guy's last name has a long O pronunciation in it. Oh. See, it just sneaks up on you. That's what I'm saying. It probably knows your social security number and your debit card pin now, too. Jeez. That brings your grand total of the name for this week's How to Say West Ham United midfielder to be none other than Tomasz Socek. Socek? Not like Susek. It is not Susek. It is not Sousek. It's It's so not even Sousek. It's not, it's Suchek. It's Sochek. It's Sochek. Sochek. Tomash Sochek. Wow. I would definitely would not have gotten Tomash. Never in a million years. That's because. Just the same as I would never have gotten whoops. <laughs> <laughs> it's a regional. It's a regional dialect. It's your. I'm there. I got well, it. well done, Brian. Well hey, done. Well done, Brian. Thank well, you. Thank hopefully you, thank it you. helped. Hey, this guy, man. Every every week he's on the score sheet. Here's what's tough for me about about Socek here. Because he's not starting? He is starting. Because he's starting? He is starting. Um, the tough thing for me about him is, okay, versus Spurs, he has zero shots, zero touches anywhere near the Spurs box, and is responsible for the own goal or for an own goal against uh, Spurs. Then against Chelsea and Newcastle, he gets a goal each on two shots and then three shots, respectively. He has five touches and multiple shots in the box, and all of them are from, like, dead center right near the, like, the penalty spot or closer. 
the guy has just kind of out of nowhere worked himself into a, a really important spot here. Football, but football.london. Football.london. Uh, just I think they've brought it up in their West Ham coverage, just talking about whether it's going to be Lanzini, kind of who they're going to pair with Declan Rice and and Socek in midfield, because Mark Noble is, I mean, I, I'd like to put it nicely, I think he's just shown his age a lot this season. Yeah, sure. Lanzini's been hurt a lot, and so Lanzini is not nearly as reliable right now as he you know, as he probably could be. And they've got the only other guy that's kind of, we don't know anything about how he could fit here is Jack Wilshire. So, or Bowen. Well, Jared Bowen is established. To me, Jared yeah. Bowen is not, that He's is starting. not, that even is as, not, a, that's even no Even at six if. and a half, which we debated about, what was it, one or yeah, two but, episodes ago, I'm, I'm tempted by Jared Bowen. Yeah, but if, if you're tempted by him, then you should be starting Socek. Because guess who scored more points on the season? Between yeah, those two. But can it it's, can it continue? So That's the question. And so to me, you know, it's this is two really amazing matches. You know, he's to me, he's you know, you can't it's hard to say he's overperformed or done anything else. I mean, this is just a guy, it's a it's a quality guy. He's shown his quality here in two matches. The thing that makes so Bowen, Socek, and Antonio, who that's the other kit. I have a half Willie and half Mikhail Antonio kit. Yes, you do. <laughs> so Antonio is the one that I mean. I want Mikhail Antonio. It's really difficult for me not to just take a hit to transfer him in in place of Mares even this coming week. The schedule is going to make all three of these guys probably useful. What do they have left? One match, I think, that you look at and say not great. West Ham the remainder of the season. Can I also say one thing that I've never seen before? Sure. Is it re- relevant to what we were just talking about? Bring up West Ham's team on your uh, on your transfer. Just list. West Ham. No forwards. They don't have any forwards yep. on their first sheet. You have to go to the second sheet, and you realize they have like three or four. They're all hurt. Mikel Antonio is their forward, right? And he's listed as well. The they still have Marco. Oh, no, they don't have Marco. Listen, like that. Alaire has been Alaire's back on grass. So at least he's getting close. So he's they don't trust smoking any- that or just like with his cleats, oh my God. with his boots, <laughs> Why are you touching doing- grass. Why are you doing this to us? You said Why he's are you doing this to- on grass. Why are you doing this to the people at home? Am I that crazy? Oh, my God. I, I want to mean- clarify <laughs> that we don't mean drugs, Brian. This is a drug-free podcast. Okay. <laughs> you said he's back on grass. Yes, I did. You are exactly right. I'm just saying. He's not on weed. Hilaire is back touching grass the with issue, his boots. The issue weeks ago, and the reason why I mentioned Mikhail Antonio weeks ago was because we had no idea how soon Hilaire was coming back. Sure. Antonio had the spot. When Antonio has been, when he's led the line, he does it pretty effectively. And so it took him a couple weeks to yep. work into it, but now um, Antonio's been a monster. The monster we know he's capable of being. So... With a good schedule, I'm saying that, yeah, absolutely. You want to, you need a cheap alternative, and you don't have Saka from Arsenal. You don't have even maybe you don't even have Phil Foden, who's still really cheap. Why not? So check, sure, go for it. Real but quick. Bowen and Antonio are both to me like if you love assists, get Bowen. If you <laughs> like the potential of of goals and and assists, then get Antonio instead. Okay.
Now, Dave, we are about to wrap up uh, this recording of this podcast, and I'm turning on my camera because okay. the people are going to want to know before Game Week 34 Plus starts who your two free transfers are going to be. You said by the end of this podcast when we started recording that you would know the answer to this question. So, as we wrap this up, tell me, who are your two free transfers? Because I've already made two, and I only had one. I have not clicked make transfers yet. All right. But I've made changes. Tell me if I'm crazy. Would you rather have Mane and Saka, Brian, mm -hmm. or Pulisic and Wilgen? Because you said earlier, if I could have both and have two United players, so my midfield would be Pulisic, Wilgen, KDB, Martial, and Bruno Fernandez. It's a pretty decent in-form midfield, is it not? Yeah, definitely. There's hardly a more in-form midfield than that. Am I crazy to think about doing that? Are you going to play five midfielders? I could. I could easily. Would it could, change it? your? Would it change your lineup to do that? No, I mean, I, my my strikers are Aubameyang, Greenwood, Jimenez. My defense is VVD, Laporte, Lascelles, Saiz, and Holgate. So I can find some benchers in in there somewhere. Are you looking weeks out from this to to think of someone else that you're running for you want that you right want now, a forward that's look, that's really good? I have been had green arrows the last two out of three weeks. I've made major strides. Had a great week this week. I'm kind of trying to keep this thing running. Yeah, I'm trying to catch in form guys. That's not crazy, is it? No, it's not crazy at all. I might make that move. I seriously, I I don't know. I might. Very interesting. Can I tell you what I just did? Yeah, because I actually made my moves during this podcast. Episode. Okay, I love it. Now I only had one free transfer, so I took a negative four to do this, Mister Non-Negative Four guy. Yeah, took a negative what's four. What's the what's the what's the the danger at this point? I mean, at this point, right? Yeah, I you know I've moved up something like one point two million spots, which is less of me doing well and more I think a combination of how poorly I was doing before the restart. I could only go up. Sure. And uh, how many more dead teams there probably are at this point in the season. Right. But, uh, no, I'm taking a negative four to spend some of this money I got when I sent out DCL and brought in Mason Greenwood. And I went ahead and did the target for, I'm sorry, Aspilicueta for target move. Wow. Oh, that's good. Okay. I like that. Now, I love my squad as it looks for Game Week 34+. plus. I know that... You are listening to this probably after this game week has been played. You will have seen this on our Instagram account. If you follow us on Instagram, look for Fantasy Soccer FC. The matchups are amazing for this upcoming game week. Yeah. And quite frankly, I'm I'm just wondering, should I triple captain this game week? Well, KDB who, who against Newcastle? I have never nailed a triple captain. So I would be the worst person to give you any advice. So if you have a chance... Do you have any doubt KDB is going to start against Newcastle? No, he's no, starting. No, definitely no doubt. And it's doubt. Newcastle. No and doubt. it's angry City. Yeah, but yeah, but it is Newcastle. It is City at home. I like, right? Listen, I, to it me. Is, it is City at home, and I like that. Newcastle at times has been a formidable opponent. Yeah, I. it depends. I, I think without having the attack, and, or at least the option of attack for, say, Maxim Matt. It does diminish if if they go ahead and do that. It does diminish. I mean, you see what happens. Like, take Jack Grealish off of Aston Villa. What what do they have left at that point? They need that. Even with the other players they have who are capable of attacking, 
There's just something creative that you lose in there. St. Maximan has been unbelievable for them. So I just wonder if if Newcastle's not just going to pack it in. And it and his and in the last few seasons for sure, City and Newcastle has not been a massive scoring game. Scott, I would I would do this. Just look at Norwich's schedule. I would save a triple captain for uh, 36 plus when they're at Chelsea or 38 plus when they're at City. The only problem with that is I'm really strongly considering using my free hit in 38. Okay. To finish the season. I which, think, which is a great move. And I have it too. I probably will do the same. I think that I... I you You'll know, have the most time between the end of the of game week 37 going into a, f- a complete full 38. 38. Okay. What about Bruno at Villa? Triple captain potential he's just, there? He's been so hot. Like, yeah. It makes me nervous this week. It's he, just that they're at Villa. Villa has tightened up. They have. And they play Liverpool very tough. And All right, they what were, about Mane at Brighton? Brighton, the Trash Birds have been playing tough. I just don't trust. I just don't trust Liverpool right now to put a triple captain on a guy. All right, you're talking me out of it. That's fine. We'll save the Look, triple captain. We're, we're wrong. the The end result of this is certainly going to be wrong. If any of those three guys score in double <laughs> digits, I'm blaming you. <laughs> Your best bet might be Pulisic at Crystal Palace. Don't have him. staying in London. Maybe you should get him. I'm not taking a negative eight. It's too late now, right? (laughs) Um, As a Dominic Calvert-Lewin owner, it didn't. I know they're not looking great, but the schedule this week—I mean, they get to play Southampton, and they get at least get to play them at home. Does that? Did you not? Do you not want to have that at all? I'm really, I am really sorely tempted to make Dominic Calvert-Lewin my my hit transfer out this week yeah i mean i did i get I, it he, and what's sad about him is even with as bad as they've been only Aubameyang has more shots since the league restarted than dominic calvert wow, that's impressive he has seven shots on target and only bruno william and Aubameyang have more than him the big difference is just he, he's not getting the chances that's what everton fans were complaining about today starting gilfie sigurdsson starting iwobi that they're just the service. The service for their attacking players is just non-existent. Mm. So I feel like we're back to where we were at the beginning of the season with Everton, which is where are the goals going to come from. If the forwards aren't getting service, how are they going to score goals? Yeah. Richarlison, you had Richarlison. You sold yeah. him. Oh yeah, I sold him a couple weeks ago. Right. So do you feel bad about that? You missed his goal last week. Does that bother you? Don't miss it at all. Right, so now it's just it's just frustrating. I'm just saying there's I feel like there's this handful of guys that like Dina is another one. Like all the stats in the world, like everything that you want to see, and players who you look at and say like everyone around him is he's performing at the same level statistically of almost anyone who's better than him in points, and yet here we are, the guy just they cannot put it together right now. It stinks. Dave, we've made it to the end of this pod. Continue yeah, to follow do. us, listeners, if you uh, are on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon. Fantasy Soccer FC is what you're looking for in all those places. We also have a website, FantasySoccerFC.com. Some of you maybe uh, listen to our show on there. Quick league update. Downing Young Boys, Kenneth, took back first place. Wow. Made what? up that gap pretty fast. What a title race. On FC In Goody. this 
it's in the big league. In the big oh league. my in the goodness. fantasy soccer big league. Yeah, it's fantastic. I love seeing mini league Aaron jump back into the mix. Yeah, he's fourth in the middle league, right? I yep. mean, in in his rank is in the seventeen thousandth. Downing Young boys, he's in the overall seven. rank seven thousand, top yep. ten thousand. Wow, that is so hard to do. We are honored that uh, we have such high competitors in our league. Credit to you guys, Downing Young Boys, along with the others in the top, FC Goody, Nirvana State. And then look at look at Mini League A.A. Ron, uh, sophomore slump in his third season, I think, second or third season of fantasy soccer creeping up there. Credit to you, dude. Realistically, if you want to know what to do, you should just track the moves of of League Aaron. No, there's no doubt. Oh my goodness! A- everything he touches, he might as well call that guy Midas. Well, you you mentioned it earlier, Scott. He on a free hit of all the goalkeepers he could have brought in for his free hit team. <laughs> he brought in Casper Schmeichel, who saves, who, who saves gets the, pen. the penalty save yeah. in that free. That is like you cannot ask for greater luck than that. <laughs> They not only so as soon as you see the penalty given, you think, "I just lost the clean sheet from my goalkeeper." Yeah, and then you just pray for a miracle, and he got it. <laughs> Mope kicks badly. Schmeichel guesses correctly, and it goes to just it becomes points. The one good time to own Casper Schmeichel was that moment, and hardly anyone did it except for Lee Garen. His defense that week on that free hit week. He, uh, it Schmeichel, 14 from Schmeichel, 14 from TAA, 9 from Van Dyke, 6 from Doherty, and, and 6 from Zais. That's what you want. Amazing. Amazing. Anyways. Hey, listen, thank you for everyone who not only listen to us, but play in our uh, Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, Fantasy League. Uh, we love seeing the competition there, and, and uh, we are very honored and appreciate anyone in that league and, and the, our fans that listen to us. We, we love you and thank you for it. We don't know why you do it. Hey, for the Fancy Soccer FC Podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.